it is time to tune up the bird and hastily make a, uh, a, a subpar team that has no connection to one another whatsoever because it's time for another sweet chinwag. I am Sam and I am joined as ever by Reardon and Dan. Man, I should have rehearsed that intro before we did this. How are you gentlemen? Sam, you need to get your shit together. So should yeah, Survivor Series. Word spaghetti. <laughs> mm -mm, gotta love that word spaghetti. But as I said, social survivor series get its act together. But I digress. digress. Alright then. You were just going for that immediately. Wow, we're just we're, we're ripping the band-aid off real quick today, ain't we? <laughs> oh man, you ain't we don't even know the heart you well, you don't even know the half of it of what I've researched and compiled for this. Because it's a doozy and a half. Anyway. We give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and soon, now, then, and forever, pending. <laughs> always, always, will never be stopped. ABP, always be pending. We always. Will, we will one day eventually be on AM radio as well, even though no one broadcasts <laughs> on AM radio anymore. We're just gonna, we're just gonna break That's this. That's gonna down. be our niche for the five people that use AM radio in the UK. <laughs> it's just gonna be us in like with just, us with shotguns taking over Capital FM. Uh, <laughs> we at the Sweet Chingway do not condone Reardon's actions of hostile takeovers. <laughs> I did it for us. I did it for the rock. I did it See, for the I people. Gonna, I was gonna make a reference, but I realized it's so specific to the place that I live that it makes no sense in any other context. <laughs> for the for the five people that will only know the, re the, the the context of that reference. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, for, for all of our listeners that live in South London, they they would know what I mean. Maybe debatable, but. <laughs> Sorry, I was taking a slug of water as you were doing that because I almost laughed there. Anyhow, before we get on to the main topic, which we've already uh, already completely crucified, uh, which is Survivor Series, it is time to head over to Dan for this week's wrestling news. Wow, we're all dead. I'm, 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 <laughs> we're, we're seriously no, no, we're packing up. No, this is enough. No, oh I'm waiting God. for my cue. Where was my ex? <laughs> all right, well, all right, we'll do. All right, hang on. Where the hell was Vicky? <laughs> okay, all right, we'll do this one more time. Oh, right. I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even cutting to this bit. Wrestling news. Dun 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 dun. Wrestling news. There we go. We made up for it. We made up for it for just adding a little bit more onto it. There we go. Yeah, absolutely. I was feel I'm feeling like high energy, you know, we've just got energy overflowing. We don't know what to do with it, right? That's what's happening. It's yes. all coming out. It's all coming out at, all, at the yeah. same time and we're just not trying to yeah. It it's a shame the first part of her energy has to go towards looking at raw cuz like <sighs> mm. it wasn't really that great. We now have the triple threat number 1 contenders match which is okay, I guess. I mean, we did have the amazing moment as well of Adam Pierce doing a doing a word fart. Yeah. Well, Drew I say McInfart. word fart. Oh, oh, my world champion Drew McInfart. <laughs> uh, 
which is pretty pretty damn amazing. But we have so I uh, I mean you might have to correct me if I get this wrong here because I genuinely am struggling to remember Raw. Mm-hmm. It's AJ Styles versus Keith Lee versus Matt Riddle. Um. Yes. Yes. I believe yeah. so. <laughs> so Wait, how so much like, I, I remember of War. Has has good has good promise, and mm. obviously we know whoever wins it goes on to face Drew McIntyre. I don't know if it's going to be on Raw or if it's for the next pay per view. I don't even think WWE knows at this rate. Um. But. I mean, like I said, I'd be happy to see Keith Lee get it. Yeah. Absolutely deserves it, even if his booking has been, I won't say abysmal, but it hasn't been great. It's its a lot more to be desired, I think's the word. Yeah, there's only so much you can protect someone with screwy finishes. <laughs> Which is, if it's constantly a screwy finish, it does nothing to protect them. Dod, you dusty! <laughs> I don't even know if it's dusty level at this rate. <laughs> It's gone beyond dusty finish. I don't. I didn't want to say his name because I, I didn't want to say the uh, the other person's name because we mentioned him far too much on this podcast. But if you want me to, if I've got permission, no, he, can we, you allow we, me we, to we, say it? We 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 can move past him. I don't. <laughs> the thing is, though, right? I mean, like as much as he's known for screwy finishes, nothing yet has been absurdly weird, aside from the guitar on a pole match between Jeff Hardy and Elias. But that was like that feels like forever ago now. Um. But, like, I mean, it's just there. I hope Keith Lee gets it. I'd be happy to see AJ get it. Don't want to see Riddle get it, really. Yeah. I don't think the match between him and Drew McIntyre would be that interesting. I, yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you on that one. Um, it's not to say that Riddle's bad in any stretch of the imagination. I just, you know, I think with everything that's... Ha- uh, I'll, 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 I'll say it, with everything surrounding him at the moment of what's happened. I don't yeah. <laughs> think right now doing that is the best thing to do until everything has been sorted yeah. in that regard. Um, for following on for Raw, Alexa Bliss is now super spooky rather than just spooky. I mean, uh, the, the past couple of Firefly Funhouses have really, have really uh, have proven that. Uh, even Bray Wyatt going, uh, saying the S word on one, <laughs> which really made me laugh. <laughs> that part. Oh, sorry. We also have to pay our respects to Friendship Frog. Oh, don't, man. We knew, we, we knew him well. We Moment of silence. Him. Moment of silence. In the eyes of the angel. Uh, anyway, I, 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 uh, very quick tangent it's so bad that that song is ruined yeah, <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> oh, it's like, oh. um, following on with the Royal Women's Division uh, Asuka deserves a lot better <laughs> I mean as in she deserves actual competent competition to make her look like a good champion <laughs> <sighs> but we repeat ourselves <laughs> weak 75 of uh, talking about why Asuka deserves better. It's just it's just really unfortunate because I know what they were trying to do and obviously they were trying to build, you know... I, it makes sense, right? You get a less experienced wrestler in the ring with a very experienced wrestler and, you know, it helps them kind of like learning on the job, if you will. Yeah. But it... the problem is though, when you're trying to make them seem like legitimate title contenders it kind of saps away from that. Uh, you know what this reminded me of? Um, 
do you remember uh, that the lost mat, the hidden uh, lost match? Um, I can't remember the guy's name now, but they paired him up against Bret Hart um, for a match, and it got lost, and kind of only kind of um, came to fruition, and everyone saw it. I think last year, it, Asuka in this regard reminds me a lot of Bret Hart that she has to carry a lot of in- inexperienced people to a good match and make them look yeah. like a million dollars. And I think mm. Asuka's very good at that. It's very, oh, very. good <laughs> at, at, at making uh, inexperienced wrestlers look like they know what they're doing. And that's not a dig at inexperienced wrestlers. Is that you've got to look good in the ring, but you've got to have something really good to make sure that you <laughs> that you look good in the process. You know, it, it's like the eternal thing. People are like, oh, well, sure, Michaels could have a five-star match with a broom. Mm. Mm-hmm. But, like, you need that person to really be on that level. And it's it's okay doing that, but like, like when you're trying to when you're selling them as though like they're going to win the title, you kind of think well either something really screwy's got to happen, yeah, or they've got to like really try and figure something out to make this work. Mm. And seeing as how much they're trying to push Lana as a babyface, it seems quite odd the way they've kind of configured everything. This is also to say the women's tag titles are basic. I I don't even know. Yeah, what, I won't want to call them a wash, yeah. but like, they just don't really have any direction. I don't feel like it's doing anything for Shayna Baszler. Yeah, mm. it's. Ugh. I don't think it's doing. I mean, it, they're okay for Nia Jax. Hmm. Um. Again, I don't know though. I just don't know though who I'd want to see Nia Jax head up with. My, I mean, a lot of people are saying that going on to the next. Well, kind of onto the next pay per view, or whenever she returns, they think they might pair up Charlotte and Lana mm. because they have they both have some investment against Nia Jax. Yeah, but that still leaves Shayna Baszler up in the air. Because mm. all I'm saying is, right, we know an Oscar Shayna Baszler program would would absolutely rip. Yes, it really would. And like. I think there are other women on Raw that could be benefiting way more. Oscar versus Peyton Royce. Yes. Oscar, yes. I mean, even Oscar versus Lacey Evans or Oscar versus Nikki Cross. Yes. Um, no, most certainly. Like, I feel like you could get a lot out of those programs to really sell the legitimacy of Oscar, which I feel like, unfortunately, despite how kind of well protected she's been booked she's lost because of the kind of people she's been coming up against. Yeah, and uh, it just uh, it just makes you go, we know, we know they, they can be better than this, so what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> what's going on here? Well, going on to the next bit of the tag titles, I'm going to call it Hurt Business should be holding the tag titles probably right now. Yeah. I yeah. think they should capitalize it. Yeah, I mean, we know the we know the new day are amazing, right? And we can yes. let them have a back and forth program. We you let we let them have a phenomenal tag match with the Street Profits, which, by the way, was a phenomenal tag match. Amazing, amazing oh. match, and it was one of the many things I was saying uh, on our Twitter page. Follow us there at Sweet Chin Mike. <laughs> um, that. It goes to show why WWE should have so much investment in their tag division because they are making meals out of scraps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Truer like, words have never is... been spoken on this podcast, Dan. <laughs> like, they were making so much out of that match, and I got so invested in it. I thought it was really, really good. It's just a shame that they're being stuck in this place. Yeah. But then again, like we, we look onto we look into the future and like the the Street Profits versus Hurt Business program. Mm. Like that's that that's surely got money written on it. Yes. This is also to say I mean I was gonna be mentioning this in in the SmackDown section, but I'll mention it now. Montez Ford is a, almost a certifiable future world champion. I wanna see that. Like I think he can be. I think he can be a certifiable future world champion for WWE. And if not WWE, someone else should would snap him up immediately. <laughs> you know what? I get that feeling of uh, when you say that. I get the f- immediate feeling of Christian Cage all over again. <laughs> I. Th- I mean, I think it is the. I think it may be a case of that. Although to be fair, out of the Street Brothers, I'd probably say Christian is more Angelo Dawkins. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but we're but we're, there's no Genetis in that one. I want to make that perfectly yeah, clear. No, no, there are there are absolutely zero Genetis in that in that team. So, you know, I I I see a lot of really good things in Montez Ford's future. Mm-hmm. Uh, going on to NXT, uh, the first bit I want to talk about is the the continually odd storyline with Boa and Gia Lee. Um, yeah. Very ominous, uh, and just kind of leaving me wanting to know more, and leaving me wanting to know. All right, is this going to get like into dangerous offensive territory, or what's happening here? <laughs> it's the first thing I've ever seen from WWE that looks genuinely cinematic to a point where it looked like it was on an episode of Lucha Underground. Uh, um... So that intrigued me massively. My yeah, it, it, it's this. interesting to see the. My, it was it's interesting for me to see the investment that they're putting behind this. Yeah, my only worry of this is the worry that we always have for stuff like this when it comes to WWE. Minus, I guess, possibly the fiend is that all this build up for a few weeks and then it goes away like a damp fart. Because uh, it's always the case. Oh yeah, that is. We, let's the look at retribution. Like that's the latest. <laughs> that is the most recent example we can go for. <laughs> Yeah, when we talk about, like, damp squib, <laughs> that's, probably the most, that's probably the most recent and best one. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah I mean, like I said, it, 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 it looks really interesting, and it's mm. really interesting to see them put that investment behind one person who wasn't appearing on screen because of injuries. Yeah. And another person who was generally in the kind of the bottom of the women's card but clearly they see something mm. i don't you know i don't want to be i don't want to be ultra cynical and say this is wwe's attempt at tapping into the chinese market mm. because i think if it was they'd just go sign someone from middle kingdom <laughs> and then be like hey look he's on nxt now yeah that would be uh, a much easier solution <laughs> who knows we mm. shall remains see. to be seen <laughs> Speaking of uh, ideas, though, that have interesting places and interesting origins, um, NXT is bringing War Games again, and we now know kind of the fuller breakdown 
Also, we have the women's war games match as well with Tony Storm apparently turning heel. Mm. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine. Um, but again, looks pretty interesting. Um, always love a good war games match. Mm. Yes, yes. Um, interested to see where this one goes uh, for both matches. Yeah, really. Indeed. I'm interested to see what happens with those ones. For sure. I mean, obviously, yeah, we have the we have a men's war games match as well. Undisputed Era versus the McAfee staple. Interesting to see how McAfee will do in in this situation. Yeah, but to be fair, with some of the stuff he was doing in his first game, in his first match, going on to where he is now after he's about at least a month or so. Yeah, he's going to do something fair. silly. If there's oh, anything to go will. by from his first match, he's going to do something silly. <laughs> yeah, he is. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people are pointing out, oh, will someone in the Undisputed Era turn or whatever? I don't want to see that. Damn. But I could see, I can weirdly see it happening with the way they built it. Yeah. Uh, Mysterious Masked Man appeared again. If it's Austin Fury, I'm going to scream. <laughs> <laughs> um. I would hope that they just go, oh, it was Pat McAfee the whole time, but we used a body double. Oh, no, 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 because no. Don't make it Austin Fury. Be- but if it's Austin Fury, then I'm just going to scream and then hope that he has another match against Kushida, which he loses. <laughs> uh, or if they want to start booking Timothy Thatcher stronger, they can start with that and have Timothy Thatcher absolutely squash him. I don't mind. <laughs> <clears throat> Speaking of those two, they had a very good match this week. Yeah, just a solid, just a solid technical match. I love that they're selling Kushida on his technicals. Yes. Again, I'm saying Timothy Thatcher should absolutely be booked stronger. Yes. But like, <laughs> if they're gonna have this weird setup for him, then fine. If they want to let Kushida keep being a technical master, fine. I've got no real issue with it. Mm. Uh. Just quickly swing over to NXT UK though. A Kid wins the UK Heritage Cup. Very Yay, happy. Very be happy. A great moment. Looks to be a great moment for uh, Spanish wrestling and for NXT UK in general, really. Yeah, great looking cup as well. I was like, that's one of the yeah. fanciest looking cups I've seen WWE ever make. Let me <laughs> yeah. let let's, let's let's be clear on this. Let's be clear. That was entirely like the British like members making sure that cup looked nice because oh, if yeah. one thing mm-hmm. that's British you know it's how to make a lovely looking cup because look at the history of WWE trophies we had the the Stanley Cup ripoff King of the Ring trophy from 2001 yeah. we had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale trophy that broke and then Cesaro yeah. carried around the the plastic gold bust of Andre instead we had the women's battle royale, which was just a vase, which originally was supposed to be uh, the fabulous Moolah, but I'm so glad that they changed that because we yep. all now know what Moolah was like in her history. Um, and then we had, oh, what was the, uh, oh, the other one? Um, you mean the one from Saudi Arabia? Yes, yeah, the one the, from Saudi the, uh, Arabia. The Tuwake. Yes. And so it's nice. It's literally to... just a bunch of glass. <laughs> So I'm glad to see that they actually have a decent trophy for Well, because I was going to say, because the thing is, though, right, that NXT UK, like, straight up has, like, some of the best-looking titles. Oh, without mm. question. So I can imagine they wanted to get that cup, and then every person in that team was like, no, we want this to flex fucking hard. 
Yes, because because now where because now that cup is going up as a mid is a mid card title, uh, in a sense you've got to make it look awesome. But also, I feel sorry for Aiken now. One thing I was gonna say, I feel kind of sorry for Aiken because does he have to carry that thing down the entrance ramp now? I'm hoping they leave it on a pedestal somewhere so he can come out without actually having to carry the damn trophy down. Oh, I hope he doesn't have to fucking carry it to the ring. They just put it by, like, the side when he's making his entrance. (laughs) Oh, man. Taking... I'd say taking lessons from progress when they started because it was... Because the progress championship, if, if, if anyone remembers, was an actual staff. The tag titles were a pair of shields... And uh, and it was only the women's title that actually became a belt. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I kind of like that though. <laughs> you're the like you're you're the world champion. Here's your crown. <laughs> yeah. Where's where's my belt? No, the belt is the crown. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, move, moving on, though, to a place that has much less impressive titles, SmackDown. Hey, nice. <laughs> we all love the universal title design, don't we? Don't we just? That ple- that blue pleather look to it just makes it seem so pricey. Dude, cookie cutters are my favourite thing. <laughs> uh, just quickly, just to say, Roman Reigns keeps getting better and better. So I've really? I, so I've heard. As I said before we recorded, I actually haven't had the time to watch this one, but I did quickly just glance at Roman's promo with Jey Uso, and whew. yeah, yeah, like I said, he's he's been getting better and better, and I think the important thing for this is just don't let it take away from Jey Uso at all. Oh, without like, question, he has been incredible throughout this entire thing, and he's rocking a sweet mullet in the year twenty twenty as well. So. It is. It's an interesting style choice, but... Eddie Guerrero was looking down and going, Damn it, he's pulling it off better than me! Or slightly <laughs> better. He doesn't have highlights in his hair. That's true. <laughs> That's going to be the next evolution of it. Um, just again, tag teams hitting out of the park again. Mm-hmm. They were pretty damn great. Not a whole lot else to really say. Um, I do want to talk quickly about this Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan match though, because this this was great. Yeah, please, please do tell me, Dad, about how good this like, match was. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Like these guys put on a match that felt like it was straight up like 2005 Ring of Honor. Oh, oh, oh. oh wow. Okay, wow. I have to watch this match now. <laughs> like it was just those two going at it, like. You could tell the level of trust that they had in each other mm. just because of the way they were hitting moves. And, like, it definitely, I think to a lot of people, it might look like they were hitting it quite stiff. Mm. But, like, it was actually just them, like, knowing how far they can go. Yeah. Because, like, there's one where it looks like Sam, it looks like Sami Zayn just gets hit, like, straight in the chin with Daniel Bryan's running knee into the corner. Ooh. <laughs> like, he catches him. It looks like he catches him flush. Oh, dang. But, but like, you know, you can tell that they've actually, like, kind of just got it, like, just right. Mm. And obviously there was, like, a little bit of fun and screw to the finish because of um, Sami Zayn's character and his thing of, like, he wins by count out or whatever. Mm. I won in 10 seconds. <laughs> can you say that? Hmm. 
<laughs> it, was a, it, was a, it was a fun little moment with um with uh biggie afterwards though biggie referencing like the five count gimmick uh, <laughs> yes oh where biggie. he's going for he's going through like he basically was shaking hands with Sami Zayn and then like putting loads of pressure on his hand and it was like one two three there's the pin four five my favorite number do you remember that <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was really it was really what a good call back to NXT Mwah. but um no the, the 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 one moment out of this though and everyone was talking about it after it happened on like Twitter and everything Sami Zayn hitting an apron brain buster on Daniel Bryan in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, when you told that me man this, wants to die, like, bro, they were. Fu- I never thought I'd start to see someone walking the King's Road in WWE. <laughs> I like, just hope Daniel's all right. Like honestly, I hope that he's okay. I assume like when he gets home, when he got home, like Bree was like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Slapped him in the face and go, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> Literally. Oh uh, no. Um, I'm I'm hoping it's not as bad. Uh, I'm hoping it's not as bad as uh, as what you've told me uh, and what I kind of saw little bits of on Twitter this morning uh, when I watch it. But I will let you know. When I watch I think, it, my reaction. <laughs> I don't think he... He definitely didn't catch a full-on neck bump. I definitely think he got the he got the majority of it with his back, but I feel like it was quite a bit of his upper back. Mm. Either way, it was risky as shit to do, but clearly he trusted Sammy enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, Just going on next... Uh... Again, though, that, that, you know, following on from that, it looks like they might be trying to build Big E for the IC title. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe that's just because I'm coming from the view of expecting Big E to be getting a run for the Universal. Yeah, mm. same. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It could, it could be a short thing just for them to kind of see how people will react to it. I mean, I think because if Big E gets a title, people are going to be loving it and then just demanding he gets the Universal title. Yeah, that is basically <laughs> yeah. But um, as I mentioned before, I'm going to throw my hot take into the ring. Anyone mm-hmm. on Twitter can discuss this with us. I might put it up as its own post anyway, but I'm going to throw it out there. Natalia has become the Dolph Ziggler of the women's division, and she has become the gatekeeper to the upper card. Feel free to debate. <laughs> at sweet Jimwag. Uh, uh, at sweet Jim Wag. Um and then just finally for SmackDown, uh there was the the Murphy Baron Corbin match where there was an amazing moment where Baron Corbin went to do one of his moves and then as he went to get back into the ring, he was stopped by Ali and Mysterio and just shouted, What is going on? <laughs> <laughs> and that's just my greatest summary of the whole Murphy Mysterio <laughs> stuff. <laughs> what is going on right now? And so, like, it's amazing that you can go in, you can watch a match with Baron Corbin and go, man, his opponent's really acting like heels right now, and it's fucking Rey Mysterio and his family because they were interfering all over the place in this match. Uh, I... Like, including in, including in the finish. 
So I have no idea what this. the hell. I have no idea what the hell they are doing in this match. But <laughs> sure, okay. Oh God, I look uh, forward to that for all the wrong yep. reasons. Oh mate, just watch it for that one moment of Baron Corbin showing what is going on. The moment <laughs> I heard that, I was like, "That's that's the only thing I care about in this match." <laughs> Uh, just quickly going over to AEW, uh, we now have it scheduled for well, we can't, the coming Wednesday. Uh, Moxley versus Omega in New Japan Two AEW Boogaloo <laughs> uh, for the world title. At, at fucking AEW Winter is coming. Why did they choose that name? I mean, guys, guys they're nerds. Or, or, no, what, what's the Western version of a weeb? Does, is that a thing that exists? It is a definite thing that exists, but I don't know if it has like. It's got to be geek, isn't it? Sure. No, no, it's not. It's the, the annoying thing is because my um mm. one of my old housemates. Shout out to shout out to shout out to Tim if you're somehow listening to this podcast <laughs> from Sweden. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, she uh, is and was an extreme anglophile. Yeah, like, like that's extreme. the best way I can that's describe the, yeah. it. Yeah, but like, I don't know if there's like an actual version word. of a weeb is. Yeah, it's an anglophile. That's the closest I can. That's the closest I got. But where they're just there and they're just like, haha, Game of Thrones. That will get people to watch us. When yes. you could just be selling on the fact that it's fucking John Boxley versus Kenny Omega. I'm like, yeah, guys, did you not see the reaction to the last season? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is Mid a way to sell a winter pay-per-view, isn't it, really? I mean, why don't, I mean, if you're going to call it something, I don't know, call it, like, Yule Fight, Winter Solstice, I don't know. So anything Rumble. other than that. Anything other than member. that. <laughs> Cody, Cody wishes he could have the rights to use Dece December to dismember. <laughs> uh. He wishes. Uh... We had the reunification of Death Triangle, which I'm super happy to see because yes. it's Puck, Ray Phoenix, and Pentagon uh, El Zero Miedo all together. Yes. Which is fucking incredible. <laughs> mm, excellent. Lovely. Like, it, that is just, like, perfect. Hey, I want this rivalry between Pack and oh, Kingston I to keep going. <laughs> I definitely want it. And with the rumors that um, AEW are bringing in trio tag titles. Yes, like, please. Yes, that's a, that's a place. That's a place for it. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, we got more details on the AEW game. They said it's going to be a single release with regular updates and not a yearly release. My God, it feels fucking good to say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's sounding very positive so far from everything that's been uh, revealed. Everything uh, in that reveal um, a video that they did. Uh, what Brian Williams of Ukes has been saying uh, when he's being interviewed as well. Um, with that interview, of course, came that uh, announcement of the yearly release. I'm excited. We'll see what happens for this one. Um, I'm, you know, I'm gonna hold my breath because they've been saying because when you hear things like we want to take uh, the best bits of No Mercy and here comes the pain and you know and add to it or make our little own twist on it. That's that's. I feel that's very a lot of corporate talk of going. Ah, 
okay, this is going, we want it to be like this, but it's not going to be like this. Yeah. <laughs> so I will wait with bated breath to see what AEW is like. Uh, but will I get it? Yeah, of course, because I like wrestling yeah. games. And uh, to have a new wrestling game is always a good thing. Absolutely. Hell, I uh, even bought for... TNA on release day. That's how much I like wrestling Ow. games. Yes. <laughs> uh, just quickly for Reardon, just so you know, Brandon Cutler is on a four-match win streak. Wow. From mm. twenty-five and zero <coughs> to four and twenty, from to four and twenty-five. He's making DMs proud all over the Let's world. Let's do this! Come on! Oh my god! <laughs> uh, just quickly, in other news, and looking around, uh, looking around the wider wrestling world, uh, all Japan have now announced that they're both going to have the trios tag titles and their own women's division. Bad Super time. happy to see that. That time, you know, it's been a very long time since we saw all Japan women's pro wrestling uh, around. So to have have all Japan. Uh, bring in a women's division, kind of seemingly all under the one umbrella, is fantastic. And I, if anyone yeah. knows me, I love Joshi uh, Purorisu. So to see more of it, sign me on, Gavna. Yeah, no, I've been, I've been saying that like Joshi wrestling is just in a real boom period. Yeah, because um, Stardom has um, been phenom- doing phenomenally well. Stardom's built its reach over in the US and even to a lesser extent to the UK and, and Europe. Um, you know, the links that they have and also Ice Ribbon have with AEW. Yeah. It's been amazing to see, really. And I'm really happy that they're getting a lot more exposure. Mm. Um, oh, God, I have to remember it now. It's Tokyo, Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. Interesting. Interesting. So there's TJ, not, TJPW. So they're not taking the All Japan Women's, but just making a whole new thing. I'm hmm, interesting. Interesting. I think yeah, they were calling it like Evolution Two or something. Interesting indeed. Which, by the way, Evolution Two WWE should be doing that by now, but still, they're not listening to us. <laughs> maybe. Why? Maybe. I, I, um, maybe they should. Maybe they should. Maybe suggest. they're holding off until they can get Ronda Rousey back, which I think is just a little bit of a silly decision because you've already got an amazing roster of women wrestlers already. Also, um, maybe not get Ronda Rousey back. <laughs> maybe you should build it around Rhea Ripley. I don't know. <laughs> um, but still, like I think I think I think it's TJPW as well that have built quite a lot of traction. Uh, especially with the one gift that went around of I can't remember what it's called. I think it was called the Candy Curl. I think I know what one you're talking about. But it was the one where where they where the where the woman went to do the cross body and then like it seemed like she span in midair. Yeah, dude, that was that was hype. I love that. <laughs> that looked great. Yeah, like I... I, there's no way to describe it without seeing it, but. After that, did the rounds all of a sudden? Loads of people were looking at uh, TJPW as well. So I'm super happy to see this kind of boom period for Joshi wrestling. Yeah. Uh, just finally, uh, we had a phenomenal return to Impact. <laughs> yeah. This 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 the most shocking of returns in 2020. Did uh, someone say Bullet Club in Impact? Yeah. Man, I could not believe this. Carl Anderson coming out to face the North and has a phenomenal partner, and out comes. AJ Styles, or at least one third of AJ Styles. <laughs> <laughs> sake. 
<laughs> fucking Hornswoggle dressing up as Ajax. Can, can we mention the? Can we mention the fact though that he came out to get ready to fly? Yes, that, that like, that's amazing. the only bit I give a I give a crap about. <laughs> Ethan Page's face though was was a fucking treat as well. That's like. Man, there's a reason I freaking loved you in the Indies. It's Sorry, because of this, this. This is a separate thing. We're going to count it as the addendum to uh, recommendation quarter. Follow Ethan Page because the guy is amazing. Yes. Yes, he like, is. Indeed. I love him with a lot of my heart. <laughs> Karate Man is legit. Yes. <laughs> You're damn right it is. <laughs> uh, with that, though, we are done with the news. Fan Ethan Page. <laughs> so recommendation corner for this week i am going to recommend the youtuber and scottish professional wrestler alex webb i actually stumbled across him a couple of days ago uh and his video on why smackdown shut your mouth is an underrated and underappreciated smackdown game and the man is bloody funny and his editing style is amazing go check out his most recent video which is all about wwe 2k battlegrounds versus wwe all-stars and why kind of all-stars is the far superior game to battlegrounds <laughs> so yeah alex webb go check him out on youtube but with that it is time to move on to the main portion of this podcast it's that time of year it's time to talk about survivor series and uh yeah, let us start, as we like to do with all of these things, right at the beginning. Back to the halcyon, cocaine-filled days of 1987. <laughs> and boy, I wish I was joking, because I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, hot off the heels of the success, well, the runaway success of WrestleMania 3 at the Pontiac Silverdome, WWF began to see the kind of lucrative potential of what pay-per-view and closed-circuit television brings to their company. <laughs> and so, um, this, of course, this, um, the, of course, the main event of Hogan and Andre was the one that kind of really superseded every single expectation for that because they were not, because if you remember... Vince wasn't so sure of if they could be able to pull off the 90,000 capacity that they did at the Silver Dome, and so they needed a massive uh, massive match to kind of sell it. Boom, what do you know? <laughs> they made that. And so capitalizing on all of that, as well as being able to say, stick it to the NWA for Starcade as well, which, fun facts, if everyone knows, Starcade came before WrestleMania, may I add. <laughs> Yes, it did. And was wow. on pay-per-view before WrestleMania, may I add. Time is strange, man. <laughs> as, a, as another way to stick it to the NWA, they wanted to take uh, uh, make a new pay-per-view for November. As a, as a way to have a Thanksgiving tradition kind of pay-per-view. So, thus Survivor Series was born and was kind of built off of Andre and Hogan. Uh, as a matter of fact, Survivor Series would coin the term of elimination tag matches as well, and would see Andre going up with his team against Hulk Hogan in 1987. So, before I give you the brief rundown of some of, like, the best, the worst, and some of the most 
important moments, including possibly the most important moment in professional wrestling. Yeah. I want to give you guys a couple of minutes to talk about your thoughts, feelings about Survivor Series uh, in a nutshell. So, let us start with Dan. Yeah, so Survivor Series has always been a pay-per-view that I've loved. Uh, I don't know if that's just because I love elimination tag matches. <laughs> <laughs> they always they always hold a very weird kind of special place in my heart. I don't necessarily know why. Um, I always just really enjoyed it, though, because it's often a good place for starting feuds. Mm. Mm. And it's often, I mean, and in the same vein, it's a very good place for ending them as well. <laughs> it's a really good place where you can really tie everything together and then make everything start off again. I dare say that was the that was what Survivor Series was like at the beginning. The modern incarnations seemed to be all over the place. I'm not going to Oh, lie. well, I mean, yeah, we can talk about the modern incarnations where it's just like it serves its a purpose at whatever point that they need it. <laughs> but um I think the I think the greatest thing about it though is it's just it I mean, as much as it is one of the the big four, mm. you know, a lot of it is kind of it it feel it feels very much like it's the place where it's almost like a almost like proto hell in a cell yeah where it's like this is the place where the feuds kind of meant to come to the big conclusion or whatever yeah i feel like with modern ones and do correct me if i'm wrong in my assumption of this with the with the modern incarnations is they're they seem to be very much stopgaps in certain rivalries, especially if there's two people on the opposing teams. Um, especially in that regard, um, not like the most the most recent, but more kind of like the turn of the century in that in that aspect. Uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of I think it's a very also very dependent on the kind of time frame that we're looking at because I mm. for me. The real golden ones were like 2003 to like 2007. Yeah, but that's because at that time it was it was all about bragging rights. Exactly, exactly. And you had a reason to care because obviously SmackDown and Raw were completely separate. Effectively, mm. <laughs> the only time you saw them cross over was when either a feud was big enough that they thought, oh, well, we can spill this over onto two shows, or you know survivor series oh yeah one of the big four yeah, yeah or that time, something yeah. like that um so it was always just it always just felt like it was a a, a big place for everything to for everything to kind of go from mm. whereas for now i feel like well because like from the 2010s it often became oh well x person has a team and y person has a team yeah and like, oh, we're fulfilling a story. So it would be like Team John Cena versus Team Randy Orton. <laughs> and like basically nothing mattered until it was John Cena and Randy Orton left. Yeah, exactly. And so, I, I mean, I would argue the only one of those they ever did right was 2014. <laughs> no, and I even debate right And even debate even debatably that was basically pointless in the end anyway <laughs> but hey it did have an amazing know. moment we'll get to those amazing moments yeah 
in, in in just a little bit later. In due course. In due course. That was the word I was looking for. Reardon. Ah, oh, Survivor Series has just never done it for me, guys. <laughs> I, I, I've tried. I've tried so many times. I have no moments apart from, like, the, there's one guy who's really important for Survivor Series. <laughs> there's one guy, which we will get to. We'll talk about it, yeah. I assume. But apart from that one very important guy... I've never gotten a hype. I, I just don't. I just don't. I just can't. I just yeah. can't with Survival Series. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't even know why. It's like I like. I love elimination matches in general. Always have. They're yeah. great. I just like. I'm all. Oh, I'm a like big fan. But I, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. But you know what? I think this might be the time that you guys like. You guys enlighten me. You guys tell me you know, exactly how good they are. You know what? I'm very much in the middle between you two. I've always enjoyed watching Survivor Series, but at the same time, I always get the feeling that are so hit and miss with each year and subsequent year, looking and researching for all of this. There have been many a Survivor Series where it's just, so nonsensical and then there have been oh, other yeah. survivor mm. series that have been absolutely pivotal dare i say to the history not only of the wwe but to professional wrestling as a whole <laughs> so it's mm. very it's it's so it's the weird one of the big four where you can either you will either have a year where it hits it out of the park or you have a year that just makes no dent whatsoever. It's like a tennis what? ball to a to to, to 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 glass to glass. Bunk. Yeah, I was I was gonna say because if you want, I mean, obviously we'll get to it later, right? Mm. But there there is no more greater example of. I'm gonna be fancy here. Uh, no greater example of the dichotomy of wrestling than Survivor Series 1990. Yes. Mm. Indeed, it is the greatest example of how much things can rise and fall simultaneously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All righty then. So, uh, let us talk about some Survivor Series, good ones, bad ones. But we'll start right at the beginning. Reardon, I feel like we should have a a Pokedex entry for tag team elimination matches. Hmm. I, I, do you agree, Dad? I feel like we should have one. I, I feel like we can we can do it. <laughs> I mean, like, because it's like, see, the hard thing about doing a Pokedex with tag team eliminations is because it's like there are technically two types of tag team elimination matches. <laughs> so I'll go real quick. Tag team elimination matches, there are two types in my estimation. One, where if one partner is eliminated, the entire tag team is eliminated. Mm -hmm. or, if, or if a partner is eliminated, that means that your tag partner is now on his own, <laughs> trying to fight against everyone else. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's a pretty darn good description. Yeah, the, the best way to describe the Survivor Series match is it's normally a team of four, but I know in some cases, I believe it has been teams of five. 
Yes, yes. Um, um, it normally is a team of four, uh, two, uh, two teams of four, and when a person is pinned, submitted, or count out, and I believe in one case DQ'd, <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, they are they are then eliminated from the match, and then it basically just goes that the next person comes in and then goes say four on three, three on three, da 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 da. I until you're left with the sole survivor. I couldn't have put it better myself, Dan. Especially the Dee Lee part. Yeah. <laughs> Okie doke. So, <clears throat> let us talk about and come back to 1987. So, as I said, Andre and Hogan have been, you know, still heavily going on their rivalry. Of course, we've seen <clears throat> we've seen Ted DiBiase kind of buy the WWF Championship off of Andre at one point. Uh, when Gigantic Andre flex. <laughs> Gigantic <laughs> flex there. Um, of course, that also uh, debuted the Hebner twins when Hogan cut a promo afterwards saying that the referee had plastic surgery to look like Dave Hebner. And that was actually the debut of <laughs> Earl Hebner uh, in Hell WWE. Yeah. Hell yeah, Earl Hebner. Doo, 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 doo. Which, by the way, if you've not seen his his Twitter, which has now been since long abandoned, oh my God, it is a treat. Oh, it's hilarious. Watch the, watch the video by Deadlock on it. <laughs> It's phenomenal. Anyway, it all culminates to Survivor Series. It's Team Andre versus Team Hogan. On Andre's team, we have Andre as the captain, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, the one-man gang, and Rick Rude going up against Bam Bam Bigelow, Don Morocco, Hulk Hogan, Ken Patera, and Paul Orndorff. In a five-on-five traditional Survivor Series elimination match, Dude, M- it's just an ab- it's just an absolute hoss fest. It, it is. It really is. Um, th- th- can I just say how weird Hogan's team sounds? It's yes, so I know. Weird. <laughs> so weird. Uh, emanating from the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield, Ohio. Of course, uh, Hogan's team won, which was obvious this yeah, was Hogan, because this is Hogan. Because it's Hogan. <laughs> And what's even more interesting is when you look into next year's one, right? It's it's so this one is even more. Yeah, confusing. it's 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 something. Again, so we go back to Thanksgiving weekend in 1988, and the main event of the match was Akeem, the African Dream, which was formerly the One Man Gang. May I add, Reardon? Yeah. <laughs> Big oh, Boss Man. They were known as the Twin Towers. That aged incredibly well. well. That <laughs> aged incredibly well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Haku uh, Of course everyone knows the stories of Haku yeah. Ted DiBiase And the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor Fucking Red Rooster the Let's Red go rooster, Fun God. fact Did you know that the Red Rooster's Hairstyle has been like every single WWE 2K game Yes And it's been on I... Really? It's been Who there wants that? since WWE. I want to say WWE 12. <laughs> Who wants it? There is someone in making those games going for those deep cuts, and I approve of their life. I mean, choices. someone at THQ was going over for the Red Rooster. I was trying to get the Red yeah, Rooster. Yeah, someone over. was. <laughs> okay, this team ended up facing Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, Hulk Hogan, Coco Beware. And Randy Savage. <laughs> that Coco is... Beware kills a man with his brain buster. 
Okay, and thus, yeah, that concludes those two ones emanating from Richfield, which is just so weird. Those matches were something. If you have the chance to see them, go watch them. Um, I mean, I, th- I think I think the thing is just, like, looking at those original teams, because, like, I'm just trying to think of an environment where you're there and you have fucking Andre the Giant and King Kong Bundy on one team. Yeah. But yeah. then also, like, Akeem, Big Boss Man, Haku, Ted DiBiase, and the Red Rooster. Yeah. I'm just like, who decided this? <laughs> oh, man. So we get to, for this, because I know you wanted to very much talk about this one, and I'm glad you did want to talk about this one. Let us talk about Survivor Series 1990. Not necessarily okay. the main event, which we'll get to the main event, but this, this very pivotal survivor series because not only did we see the debut and appearance of hector guerrero dressed as the gobbledygooker we saw the debut of quite possibly the most important person in wwe the undertaker like let i just want to like just talk about this Talk about Survivor Series 1990, if I'm allowed to have, like, a two-minute platform. Absolutely, Dan. <laughs> the floor is yours. <laughs> so when I said this perfectly represents, like, the the split world of wrestling as a whole, there is no greater example than this pay-per-view. <laughs> I don't know if it was... I can't remember if it was done before, but... The first thing about this pay-per-view is, aside from the dark match, <laughs> every single match was a Survivor Series match. <laughs> Would you like to know, Reardon, what the singles match was? I am very curious. Shane Douglas versus Playboy Buddy Rose. Ha! Huh. Yeah. Shane Douglas yeah. as well. <laughs> Shane Douglas, okay. Throw cool. back to the ECW episode. <laughs> Neat. Um, but, like... <laughs> So I, I generally this this pay per view is not regarded as being particularly great. Damn you, uh, Gooker. All of the matches are interesting. <laughs> You're darn right, they are. Um, everywhere from the Warriors, including the Road Warriors and the Ultimate Warrior, and the Texas uh, Tornado, who people thought was the, the Ultimate Tornado. Warrior for a while. <laughs> Uh, beating the team of Axe, Crush, Smash, and Mr. Perfect uh, to uh, the visionaries of Hercules, Paul Roman, Rick Martel, and the Warlord beating Jake Roberts, Jimmy Snooker, Marty Janetti, and Straw Michaels. Man, that match aged poorly. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> to the fact that the fight, the main event, was contested on these these weird ass elimination rules. Yeah, this was really weird. The, the fi- basically it was the faces versus the heels, and like depending on who was the sole survivor in the previous matches, determine who got in. It was a mess, beyond a mess, <laughs> and like so. For what a lot of people forget, the under this was the Undertaker's debut. Mm. Ridden, do you know how the Undertaker's debut finished? 
No. It was via count out. (laughs) (laughs) In a Survivor Series match. So this dude... Who, who and the Undertaker sense. was their big mystery team member, and he counted out. <laughs> the great, like, so to give some like historical context that I do know about when it comes to the Undertaker's first appearance, that was time where he came out holding a crow or raven. I'm not sure which yeah. one. I believe and, it was a crow. Yeah, a, holding a crow. Everyone freaking out. Children in the audience crying because they were so scared. This has been heavily reported. This happened. And he gets up by a count out. Amazing. Amazing. And like I said, this is the debut of The Undertaker, the man who's now just retired after 30 years active performance of the business and he won't ever really leave the business. And he's become one of the most important people in the entire scope of wrestling and has become the, you know, the premier platform for the kind of spooky gimmick (laughs) and like the mysticism that comes into wrestling. And yet somehow his debut is also tied to the debut of the gobbledygooker. That is... Fun fact. And um, like God damn, sorry. How? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I do. Fun fact about this. So there were three gimmicks in mind for The Undertaker when he or when Mark Calloway signed, was contracted to the WWF. There was a Viking, an Undertaker, and the goddamn gobbledygooker. Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I but like the thing the thing about this though right is it's just like could you imagine if the undertaker didn't get over and the gobbledygooker got over right now I... we would have been celebrating 30 years of the gobbledygooker like that's yeah. the parallel universe that could have existed I, I i god i beg i hope one day we get to go through parallel universes so i so i can watch a uh, five-star gobbledygooker streak match. I want to see the it, WrestleMania. There's a, there's a parallel universe where the gobbledygooker has a 25-0 and record at Mania. I want to see the alternate universe where at the WrestleMania 17 uh, gimmick match that they had, that the gobbledygooker has been replaced by The Undertaker because he's since left the company, he's been on hard times, and has now probably got a spare tyre and then some on his belly. <laughs> I really yeah, want, like, I want to I want to see the uh, the era of the American turkey gobbledygooker. Oh my god! <laughs> I want to see yes. that. Yes. <laughs> you know we talk about rabbit holes it, it, on this podcast. Okay, god, I, we are going down this I rabbit hole. I will admit. I will admit. I started this one. <laughs> I take full ownership of it. But like that that's the thing about this though. There's so much about this event which just shows how like things in how different things in wrestling can be disregarding the fact that also much like a lot of stuff at the time this pay-per-view was just a vehicle for hulk hogan yeah yeah pretty much especially at this time because remember we are we are in peak hulkamania yeah 
this is like when they've gone from rock and wrestling. They've just had their like they've had two WrestleManias under the belt or three WrestleManias under the belt. I should say sorry. Hogan is the biggest draw in all of American television at this moment. Yeah. So yeah, it's crazy, crazy to think of this. Fun fact as well. This was the Gobbledygooker's one and only appearance up until WrestleMania 17, where he did make his appearance in the gimmick Battle Royal, which also Hell saw, yeah. which saw the Iron Sheik, Mister Fack the Casbah, win the match because Humble. Which, by the way, the only reason Sheik won that Battle Royal is because he was too immobile to actually do an over the rope bump. That doesn't surprise me wow. at all. <laughs> which, by the way, another fun fact: his his trunks were held together with duct tape because the belt he put on snapped just before he made his entrance. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh, I love the Sheik so much. <laughs> Man, I swear to god we need to do an episode of the Iron Sheik. I would oh, be utterly fascinated. I'm going to put it in the episode plan. <laughs> Let's go. For sure. Alright, let us go Man. swiftly to a couple of other um, ones in the 90s with Survivor Series. Let us talk about Survivor Series 1994, which saw uh, which saw a very interesting main event because it wasn't yes, the elimination it match that main evented this one. As a matter of fact, it was the second to lo- the penultimate match, I should say. Dare I say? So we had uh, <laughs> well, just before that match, we oh no, I I really need to tell you. No, you know what? We're talking every single match now that I think about it because now I've got it in my mind. Okay, so we had. The bad guys of the one, two, three kid British bulldog Fatu Reza Ramon and Sione with Afra and Lou Albano defeating the Teamsters. That was Diesel, Jeff yep. Jarrett. He keeps cropping up on this podcast. Jim Neidhart, Owen Hart, and Sean Michaels. I've okay, got... now can I just I just want to reference one thing here. Hmm? A, you forgot on the dark match. Oh yes, I, I, I which I, I... is. Please, Bob Sparky Plug Holly defeating Quang the Ninja. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. Give Quang the respect he deserves. All now, right, I'm sorry. We're also Savio forgetting Vega. another thing, which is that for, which is that Fatu is Rikishi, by the way, before he became Rikishi. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and this was, if I remember rightly, this was, this might have been before his make a change Fatu character. This yeah, might have been. But we should say. Just Actually, think about it. We had a team of who would go on to become X Pac, the British Bulldog, Rikishi, and Razor Ramon. <laughs> yep. With Alpha and Lou Albano as managers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. By the way, with this one, I highly implore people to go check out the OSW review they did of Survivor Series 94, purely for the next match I'm going to tell you. So. A four-on-four traditional Survivor Series elimination match, which saw the Royal Family taking on Clowns R Us. Now, the reason I'm not going to give you the recipients just yet is because, well, I want to build up the tension uh, and and the suspense for Reardon. Because on one side, we had the Royal Family of Jerry Lawler and his three midgets, Cheesy, Queasy and Sleazy. You love it, don't you? Three dwarves, three dwarf wrestlers. This is going okay. up against Clouds R Us of Doink the Clown with his three midgets, Dink, Pink, and Wink. <laughs> wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, there is one moment in this match I have to talk about. It is when Queasy gets Jerry Lawler. 
<laughs> up on his shoulders, because Doink's done the same with Dink, and because Queasy is too weak to lift Jerry Lawler up properly, they collapse in slow... Well, it isn't slow motion, but it is honestly like slow motion. <laughs> Fascinating. It really damn well is. I just want to say one thing about this, which is that I got it mixed up with a, a different Survivor series uh, involving... Um, well, involving Jerry Lawler, let's say... Oh, not that one. Oh, oh, we're not going to talk about yeah. that. We'll slightly talk about that one, but um, yeah, we'll get to that one, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> um, after this, though, was the submission match for the WWF Championship, with, with, which was Backland versus Bret Hart. Now, this was the match where Backland, after going away or being away from WWF for so long, wins the WWF Championship. You love to see it, don't you? <laughs> With, now, Owen Hart did interfere in this match as well. So, remember, this is the time, this was the peak time where Owen and Brett were, were deeply embroiled in their rivalry. They, of course, just had that amazing match that they had at WrestleMania 10 as well. But, yeah. Oof. Well, yeah, because I think, I don't, I don't think it's this match, but I know that Brett's spoken about it where he said that he always hated the idea of having just submission matches with people. Especially really? Bob Backlund. Because he said that he always found that they were re he always said that he always found them just really boring and it was really hard to actually entertain people. <laughs> mm, no, I can understand that. It is kind of difficult. Um, given as well that he has got on record for saying that the cross-faced chicken wing when Backlund put it on him is the most painful experience he's ever had. Jesus. Yeah, because <laughs> Backlund didn't hold back. <laughs> it's really is it. I, th I think it may have been from that WrestleMania one where he was saying that he put it on him and he was meant to say Backlund was meant to say I quit, but he couldn't say anything because of how painful he was finding his own move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the penultimate match, which was the uh, the traditional Survivor Series match, saw the million dollar team. Uh, this was the Million Dollar Faction as well, if I remember yeah. rightly. Uh, so it consisted of Bam Bam Bigelow, Jimmy Dale Ray, <laughs> King Kong Bundy, Evil Tatanka, and Tom Pritchard. Now, the only reason I put Jimmy Dale Ray up there is because they were part of the uh, of the tag team in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, and his gimmick was that of a gigolo, and he would gyrate in a very suggestive way. This guy was, well, this guy had a spare tire, was ginger, and had body hair every way, everywhere. Dude, he was a proto Valvinus. He's a proto Valvinus, but does not look <laughs> in any way like a gigolo. But he can gyrate his hips very well, really. <laughs> I mean, that's all you need, really, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> uh, they went up against the team of guts and glory. The captain, Lex Luger. With Adam Bomb, the Smoking Guns, Bart and Billy, and Mabel. We're All talking right, about men on a mission. Can I just say this, right? <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, and everyone who's listening to this can feel free to crucify me. I think if Adam Bomb came around later, he would have actually been a success. Yeah, I reckon. If he, if he came around either like maybe early in the Ruthless Aggression era, or even potentially in early NXT, I reckon he could have absolutely popped off. Yeah. 
This man had a mushroom cloud as pyro in his entrance, Reardon. Damn. Because <laughs> apparently he survived a nuclear explosion and Harvey Whippleman found him. So, <laughs> of course... Don't most, question it. As most people know, he would end up becoming Wrath or Wrath you know, in I, WCW. You know, I, you know what, Dan? I hate that, like, you knew I was about to question it and you immediately went to don't question it. <laughs> like, I was lit. Like, I wish we had a camera because I was literally about to go and then Dan just went, don't question it. I'm like, <laughs> of course, Mab- Mabel, uh, the future Viscera, this was in these Men in a Mission gimmick where they had that trio of guys that would rap all the time. Uh, and, well, they couldn't wrestle, uh, especially Mo. Uh, Mo. Yeah. Mo. 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 That is an RSW reference there, everyone. But no, like... Mabel was. I think Mabel, Viscera, Big Daddy V did have that reputation of causing more harm than good to a lot of wrestlers in his career. <laughs> You know there's the thing where you say some people just get one too many chances. Mabel got far yeah, too many chances. That is definitely Mabel slash Viscera. <laughs> Way too many chances. Now, I'm building all this all up to the main event, which was a casket match. Yeah. It was The Undertaker uh, up against Yoko Azuna. Guess Jesus who Christ. was special referee for this match, Reardon? God, I don't even know. Okay, think early ni- so early nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of think like big. Uh, someone who's someone who has that stupid dumb joke reputation for being really strong. The Ultimate Warrior. Action movies. This man had at the moment <laughs> was. <laughs> Was, was oh. at the moment, uh, you know, had one of the bigger sh- TV shows on at the moment at this time. Oh God, I can't believe I'm blanking. Oh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, do you want me? To, do you want me to just say? Tell it? me, man. Tell no, me. I want him to figure it out. I want him to figure it out. No, no, no. Tell me, tell me, tell Come me. Come on, American actor that does martial arts, mostly wearing jeans. No. He wears denim all the time. No, 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 no. Not Steven Seagal. The... No, 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 no. With no, the no. beard. With the beard. Used to be in, was in, was in like loads of the early martial arts movies that came over in America. In like the night, in like the 80s slash 90s. Jesus, I'm like, my brain is going. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm, the, man, I'm... the man, the man who gets memed about on the internet as being incredibly powerful. So powerful he could destroy the universe. Chuck Norris? Yes! Yes! Chuck, Chuck Norris, Norris. <laughs> a special guest referee for this match. Only one what man can contain The Undertaker. <laughs> wow. Problem is, is that if he even, so much as even touched anyone in that roster, they'd all die and Chuck Norris would be the sole survivor of the WWF. <laughs> I, you know, we make jokes about it, but seriously, like, no, Chuck, Chuck no, we, we do not stand Chuck Norris in this podcast. I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> oh, man. So that was, it's not, that's one of the weirder ones we're going to talk about. But boy, man, do we get to talk about something that has probably been talked about so many times now since the ad, well, since the invention of the internet and the internet wrestling community. There is not one podcast, not one YouTube channel, not one radio show, not one dirt sheet newsletter that has not at least talked about this. Survivor Series 
1997, emanating from the Molson Centre in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Yes. Um, what is in the year of our Lord... 1997 and Montreal. In the year of <laughs> our Lord, fact. 2020, what is, else, what is left to say about the Montreal screw job? Nothing. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Pretty so, much. I mean, we got nothing. Like, if you haven't heard of it, look. We'll it. eventually get around to doing an episode on it. Oh, 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 I'm damn well certain. It's probably going to be treading the. It's treading the ground of so many other people, uh, uh, who have talked and speculated and mentioned this one. Oh, one more thing. It it wasn't a work. Don't try that carny crap. Brett screwed Brett. God in heaven. Uh, it's, you know, if there's Listen, anything Vincent I get to man, say... Where's my paycheck? Thank you. If there's one thing, you know, anyone can say, I say maybe just go and watch, if you've not seen it, Wrestling With Shadows, which was the Bret Hart yeah. documentary, uh, which, yeah. of course, even documented and came up to this time of 97. You'll even see the footage of, of Vince McMahon staggering out of the locker room after Bret had ac- actually punched his lights out. Yeah, um, that is that is a like <clears throat> what a like what a moment of pointing the right camera at the right time, hey! <laughs> like it astounds me, like oh, they're doing the separate documentary about yeah. him, just talking about him, and then they get all of that recorded. <laughs> Holy hell! Damn right, damn right. Fun fact about this one: this was sponsored by Milton Bradley's Karate Fighters. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that was not the interesting nice. thing. What the interesting thing really was was some of the matches actually, because there was all yeah. part. Of, uh, there were mostly Survivor Series elimination matches. We had the Godwins facing the new, uh, facing the New Age Outlaws, the Headbangers, and the New Blackjacks. Um, we had the Truth Commission. Anyone remember the Truth Commission? <laughs> no. Oh, trust me. All I'm saying is, go out of your way to watch an early Bull Buchanan make his uh, debut as the, in the Truth Commission. Oh, hold on. <laughs> they went up against the Disciples of Apocalypse. Yes, the biker gang which came out of uh, the, the dissolution of the Nation of Domination. Don't want to talk about the DOA because they had some members uh, that were actual Nazis. Uh, I don't care who I don't care who you say. Uh, but once you have an SS tattoo on your arm, Don Harris, you're a Nazi. Don't care what you say. You're straight up a Nazi. You're, you're a Nazi, my dude. <laughs> That's a like. Listen, there are a few just, ways. Just to get just to get the meme out of there, the SS doesn't stand for Survivor Series. Okay, we've said it's done. <laughs> some smart ass is gonna say it. Listen, I just there are like. Let's be honest. There aren't. Apart from the uniforms and whatnot, there aren't a, many ways to tell when someone's a Nazi. But once you have that tattooed and you haven't had that removed, mm, I think you're a Nazi, my dude. Because, no, right, uh, like short, like a short tangent. When he started wrestling, uh, I think like later in his career, he came out wearing an SS vest as well. Nazi. That isn't suspicious at all. So, I know. All right. I don't look. I I know. Like that might have some. Nah, for us, but still, come on, like it's, no, it's no, not, it's I'm, not I'm sorry, it's not. I'm on. sorry. If you're not a Nazi, why are you dressing up like a Nazi? Is my <laughs> second question. 
like again, there's probably gonna be some smart ass that's gonna be like, oh, but like they had people like when Sergeant Slaughter turned to Iran and whatever, and I'm like, okay, cool. Possibly that could count under the same bracket, but also like, why would you agree? And why would a company propose someone's a Nazi as a work? <laughs> and also, that wasn't okay either. Yeah, that uh, doesn't make it okay either. No. no. Um, but yeah. But yeah, moving... bad decisions all around. Bad decisions mm. all around. So moving swiftly along, we had Team Canada of Bulldog, Doug Furness, underrated guy, great talent, Jim Neidhart and Phil Lafon defeating Team USA, which consisted of Goldust, Mark Miro, <laughs> Steve Blackman, and Vader. What no, a team. Yeah, I'm like, ah, uh, yes, the, the famous patriot gold dust. <laughs> don't, don't forget, right, at this time, gold dust was pissing off everyone because of his fucking reject, because of the character's rejection of, like, traditional norms. Yes. What the fuck was he doing on a team of patriots? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing to hear from me. Also, bigger question, what the fuck is Vader doing there? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, the yeah, that's the Rockies. Also, it's weird, like, I'm because, like, I'm like, at this at this point, had Vader um, wrestled for Japan? Yo, this, the, the, yeah. he was, he's like a made name in Japan and WCW at this point. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, the, the irony of this team just astounds me so much. <laughs> Shout out to Steve Blackman, though. Steve Blackman is a. Uh, I love a, Steve Blackman. Amazing martial artist who is now a bounty hunter and is still looking dentures all heck. So I think it's fitting. <laughs> and I cannot believe the network did not pick up his bounty hunter show because he made a pilot. Yeah. And I cannot believe the net the WWE network never picked that up. Yeah, I'm very very surprised to be quite honest. Can we get a WWE <laughs> documentary episode on Steve Blackman? I yes, hope. that I would be fascinating. I want a WWE 24 on Steve Blackman. Make it happen. I, I also want a WWE 24 on Ken Shamrock, but that's a separate thing. <laughs> Talking of Ken Shamrock, we had yeah, Ken, I know. Sh Ken Shamrock, Juice Make Sugar, Ahmed Johnson, <laughs> and the Legion of Doom defeating the Nation of Domination. This was Farouk, D'Lo, Kama Mustafa, and Rocky Maivir, who were just at that time, was I think it was about several months, maybe even a year into his stint in the Nation of Domination. Yep. We had Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating Owen Hart for the Intercontinental Championship, which did not last very long. It was only five minutes, yeah. that match. Um, and I think a lot of that might have been due to backstage things of Austin not being very happy with Owen Considering, of course, he made he planted him right in his head with that pile driver the year yeah, that previous. Yeah, might get you. That might get you a little bit of heat. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure, but a little bit, just a tiny bit. And then, of course, we have the Montreal screw job again. Like we could go on forever about that, but there have been so we'll many. Give it its own episode and give it like two. Or, probably be. It'll probably end up being our longest episode without question. Without question. Um. Yeah, so let us. There have been there has been a lot of couple of Survivor Series after that. We had Mankind versus The Rock for the WWF Championship. That was the Deadly Game one, if you remember the Deadly Game tournament. Because of course we all know Vince Russo loves his tournaments. Uh, that tournament also saw the debut of Steve Regal and his real man's man gimmick as well. Yes. <laughs> Survivor Series '99. Very famous, or dare I say infamous, for Stone Cold Steve Austin being run over. 
and oh thus, god yeah <laughs> of course he was he was billed for being in the main event was replaced by Big Show in that triple threat match against Triple H and The Rock, well, and Big Show won. Well, it's the... <laughs> again, again, okay. Like I have to say this again. I hate, I hated the, the remix of Big Show's theme. Mm. The original. No, I don't care when anyone superior. ever says the Big Show. It isn't the flat. It's well, yeah, it's that you. one. It That's is. the thank only you. version I will accept. It's I, I hate, I hate <laughs> dude, the, the, uh, you, like. Let's move on because I will literally rant about no. how much do you the net the like, original the remix is sucks. the superior version. People can debate this; they're wrong. There is no debate. There is no debate. No. Move this along, no. please. No. So yeah, Show won that match, and he became WWF champion. Of course, he would proceed to have. A rivalry at that time with Big Boss Man, uh, who gate crashed Big Show's dad's funeral yep. by tying a chain to the <laughs> no. casket. Big and Show jumping on top of the it. casket. <laughs> of course, the Austin. I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing, but there's the image of Big Show pratfalling off of the casket as it's as it's being driven off by Boss Man is hilarious, and I will not, no, not laugh. No, we will say right. Everything about this was meant to make you feel sympathy for the big show, but it is one of the most unintentionally funny things <laughs> yes. WWE has ever presented. Yes. Oh, man. All right. So the combination of who ran over Austin ended at Survivor Series 2000. Of course, we found out Rikishi was the one that drove the car, but it was I indeed Triple H. Rock. It was Triple H who was the mastermind. Of course, I believe this was the Survivor Series where Austin took a car which Triple H was in up on a forklift, proceeded to then tip it onto its head from about, I think, 20 feet high, killing Triple H. But he did turn up on Raw the next night completely unscathed. Triple H fucking dies and then comes back because he has plot armour. That is the that is that is burying that is the golden shovel to death. That is for Triple H. <laughs> of course, the next year is Survivor Series two thousand and one, and this was the culmination of the invasion angle. This was Team WWF versus Team Alliance. Now, I want to talk about this one in particular, mostly because Team Alliance consisted of um, <clears throat> may I add two only two. People that came from WCW or ECW. Yep. <laughs> so, of course, we can talk. We, I, I'm imagining again. We'll probably have episodes on the invasion for sure. Yeah, we will. About the cluster mess that was that uh, whole storyline. But uh, to give you a little bit of context, of course, we had had the invasion pay per view, which I think WWE. Oh no. Uh, ECW, WCW, I think just scraped that one in terms of the victories. And with Shane and Stephanie now having a kind of a stranglehold over the company now, uh, the, the, the stipulation was set as Survivor Series. Team WWF versus Team Alliance. Whoever wins has, has control of the entire company. So on Team WWF, we had Big Show, Chris Jericho, Kane, The Rock and The Undertaker going up against Team Alliance. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Rob Van Dam, Kurt Angle, Booker T, and everyone's favourite wrestler, and indeed the best wrestler in the world, Shane McMahon. Now, are we going to acknowledge the irony that Chris Jericho and the Big Show are on Team WWF, or 
<laughs> let us not ignore the fact as well that Chris Jericho had become WCW champion at this time. Funny enough that he had to go to WWF to become WCW champion when he was kind of vying to try and get into that main event push when he yeah. was in WCW. <laughs> Um, now, uh, like I will say, I will say in ready acknowledgement, Chris Jericho has spoken very vocally about how much he hated his time in WCW. Yes, if you've read <laughs> any also, of his books, but also the fucking fact that um, Chris Jericho and The Big Show, who are two people who were kind of at that point known for being in WCW, what in Team WWF, it's just like, excuse me a second. <laughs> uh yeah um oh, man this one is it's you know what regardless of the booking of this one it is an enjoyable watch there is a lot of emotion is. that is put into this match especially when like when jericho costs rock um the elimination by kind of decking him because they were both embroiled in a massive rivalry so it wasn't jericho necessarily turning on the wwf it was very much a case of Jericho being pissed off at the Rock and like, oh, you know, it's screw you. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna, boom, deck you right in the back of the head. Um, we had Kurt Angle doing the double turn. Is that almost he was like a sleeper agent for the uh, for the WWF? So going over to the Alliance and then and then attacking Austin, <laughs> and then going and then siding back with Team WWF, and then of course the the famous image of the of. Uh, the rock winning and pinning steve austin and vince mcmahon in his of course in his weird weird <laughs> facial expressions lifting his arms up and going yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's all mine again <laughs> oh boy oh boy oh man uh it's it this it, you know what all all intents and purposes it was a really stacked card as well we had um we we had Christian versus Al Snow for the European Championship. We had Edge yeah. unifying the US in Intercontinental titles, winning against Love Test. It. We had uh, the Dudley Boys defeating uh, the Hardys to unify the WCW and WWF tag team titles. You'd love to see it. It was a uh, that was a great match as well. Again, I don't know how the Hardys and the Dudleys always did this, but they always managed to steal the show by kind of. Literally, I guess, just throwing their bodies everywhere. By being fucking insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had Tess defeating Billy Gunn in an immunity battle royal match, uh, which gave them, I think, the alliance, uh, which well, actually no, it gave Tess immunity from being fired. A weird, it was a weird battle royal. Weird battle yeah. royal. Uh, the six pack challenge for the vacant women's championship. This was a really stacked card because we had Trish Stratus, Ivory, Jazz. Jacqueline, Lita, and Molly Holly, and it only it lasted for yeah, and it only lasted crazy, five minutes. Five minutes. That Dude, is insane. That was fucking stacked. Um, <laughs> should have gone on for ten, but I guess you know Vince didn't really care much for female wrestling at that time. But I digress. Yeah. Two thousand and two, emanating from Madison Square Garden, saw the debut of the Elimination Chamber match. It did. Now, of course, the history, as we all know, is Triple H wanted to bring War Games back. Vince didn't like that idea because it wasn't his idea, and so he wanted to make his own version. And thus, so we this got the was the compromise. This was the compromise. <laughs> elimination Chamber. Man, this match—if you've—if you've seen it, 
Oh, it is rough and ready. And these guys are really taking some sick bumps. So there's two fun things about this. Uh, one, that they are all trying to figure out how the hell they could bump on just fucking flat steel. <laughs> the question and is, just in a lot of pain. Be, yeah. And not be, like, horrifically injured. If I remember rightly, um, there is a moment in this match where Triple H takes a reversal back bump on the steel and you hear the thud and then Triple H has the wind taken out of him. Yeah, so yeah. there was that. And then also, apparently, they got the order wrong. Yes! So, really? Kane came out when Kane came out, was meant to come out last. But for some reason, uh, Kane came out fifth. Mm. Ah. So, yeah, so... If I remember rightly, it was Triple H, Booker T, Jericho Kane, Rob Van Dam, and Shawn Michaels. Now, this is the Shawn Michaels we know with the really weird haircut, the poo brown tights, and the cowboy boots that we mentioned in the Reign of Terror episode. <laughs> the Reign of Terror being that outfit. <laughs> Lost at what to do. But no, we've I, I mean we've gone quite in depth about this match as we did in the Reign of Terror episode. So what I'd heard from the stories from Chris Jericho is that Kane was meant to come out last and end up coming out fifth. So <laughs> all the spots had been like thrown around and rearranged and no one knew what they could do. <laughs> and after Rob Van Dam had messed up um uh a frog splash onto Triple H and hit oh, him yeah. in like the throat. Oh yeah, I remember that, yeah. Like Jesus. they said that like they couldn't do half the stuff they had planned and then once Kane came out at the wrong time, no one knew what the hell to do. <laughs> yeah, this one it's 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 memorable for being very rough and ready and very memorable for Shawn Michaels' bowl cut as well. Oh, God. <laughs> but no, um, highly recommended if you go out watching out of your way to watch it, yeah. watch it because it is a pivotal moment in Survivor Series history. And of course, this was Shawn Michaels' one and only world championship on his return. Yeah. Believe that or not. I don't believe it, and yet I know you're correct. I only held it for a month, though. Because he ended up having that three stages of hell match against uh, Triple H at Armageddon, which again we talked about <laughs> in uh, in uh, in our uh, in our podcast of the Reign yeah, of Terror. Triple H wins again. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about because we're now going into the more modern ones. I kind of wanted to kind of bookend it with some of our kind of the more recent ones and our kind of thoughts and feelings as to what our favourite ones were of this time so i'm gonna preface this by saying we're gonna go from the past 10 years survivor series 2010 to survivor series 2020 which uh which just which just uh, aired last week as of this recording anyway um no such good timing we have for these things don't we we're just <laughs> it's so... almost like we planned them <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh it's this is when it started to get weird for me like the, or the concept <laughs> of the survivor series the, the, the way of the survivor series elimination match because fun fact they were going to get rid of survivor series in 2010 and just have a, a, a yeah. new november pay-per-view but hearing or seeing some of the, the the outcrying of people saying well why are you getting rid of like the one of the top four like one of the more, more pivotal uh, well, pillars of wwe didn't they want to replace it with bragging rights? Yes, they wanted to replace it with bra bragging rights. But, Fun um... fact, that pay-per-view sucked 
ass. It, <laughs> it really did, especially the ending of when the Nexus beat up the Undertaker and then buried him alive. But we're not going to even get into that. I, so let me. So remind me, just because I'm I'm not blanking and yet I am blanking. Remind me what the big four are. It's Royal Rumble. Uh, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Yeah. So I'm like, if you're gonna eliminate one, and this hurts for me to say, <laughs> this really hurts. But if you're gonna eliminate one of the pay-per-views to do that and keep it, wouldn't the best one be Elimination Chamber? Of what? Of, of any of what? Of all of the pay-per-views in the twelve years? Oh, in the twelve months, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know if, what, you gotta, if you. You know what I mean? Well, to be fair, I've always said Elimination Chamber feels functionally pointless because it's after the Royal Rumble, which is the one people care about, and it's before WrestleMania. Yeah. And you're putting those yet... guys through more harm than good because if you want them to put on a WrestleMania-caliber match, why subject them to the Elimination yeah, please Chamber? please now just, please yeah. just bump into all this steel chain for yeah. us, mate. Yeah, and, and, pl- uh, and, and hard-ass plexiglass. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, all, all I'm going to say is, if there was one of the four that could, like, afford a rebrand, I would say potentially SummerSlam. Yes. Really? But, but, I, but I think, no, but, Summer, but SummerSlam on its own is, is very nebulous. Yeah, mm, I, I like, get that. Survivor yeah. Series has a very specific idea. WrestleMania is the big show. The Royal Rumble sets up WrestleMania. SummerSlam is just kind of there it's in nebulous space. It's just true. their big event for the summer. It's basically so I feel like you their season. Afford mm. They could have like, have end. something in there. Yeah, it's almost like as I as I was saying, it's almost like their season end. When of course they mm. don't even end; they just keep continuously yeah. going. <laughs> Yeah, like yeah. it's it's it just it, it's the one that could, like, you know, afford it. But like to be fair, they had they probably had that one bragging rights show, and a bragging rights was just Survivor Series with a new name. Mm. <laughs> it's, um, it's a... just with with a with a little bit more focus on brand warfare, but yeah. like brand warfare thing. at that point in Survivor Series didn't really mean a whole lot because the only time they ever did it that great was like two thousand and. 2005? Yeah. Which was the one where they had the absolutely stacked... If you've seen the graphic of it, they had absolutely stacked teams because it was uh, Big Show, Carlito, Chris Masters, Kane, and Shawn Michaels representing Raw versus Batista, Bobby Lashley, JBL, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio for SmackDown. Not a bad lineup when you think about it, is it? <laughs> Not a bad yeah, lineup. Not bad. So. <laughs> no, the main event of 2010 uh, Survivor Series, what, what I wanted to get into, is of course Randy Orton versus Wade Barrett with special guest referee John Cena. Of course, if Barrett didn't win the yeah. championship, Cena would be forced to join the Nexus. Actually, no, I think, no, he was at the Nexus. He would have been forced to have been, or he would have been fired. And he was fired for all of seven days, if you remember Cena was. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cena is protected even from the concept of being fired from your job. <laughs> and then um I want to talk about uh the 2011 one. Uh not do we have to? <laughs> not only for the great match that was um Punk versus Del Rio, but uh, I I don't want I don't want I don't want to put Great and Del Rio in the same sentence anymore. Yeah, so. that's true. Um mm. and then the main event of Cena on the Rock versus the Awesome Truth. <laughs> sake this was a match moving on to survive <laughs> other survivors 
no, I want to give you guys a good gauge of kind of some of your memorable moments of the past 10 years of Survivor Series. Uh, Dan, start with you. All right, well, my first one for the last 10 years has got to be Survivor Series 2014. Yes. When Dolph Ziggler became the hero. <laughs> that was admit- That was admittedly... I mean, okay, yes, Sting also debuted, but Dolph Ziggler, though. <laughs> I love how he was so bl- blasé about Sting debut. Sting! Sting! <laughs> okay, but Dolph Ziggler put in a fucking warrior performance, okay? He did, he This should have been his moment. He really did. And then... also, like, I can't lie, aside from the fact that I wasn't really that big a fan of... Um, team authority that much just because like <laughs> it, was. it was when Seth it was when Seth Rollins was in his he's just made Seth Rollins was just a massive bootlicker <laughs> you're good <laughs> sir yeah Seth you were meant to lick the boot not swallow it <laughs> um but um yeah like it was really good I mean again also Big Show was there and turned turned heel again for like the 20,000th time but I honestly, I honestly just really liked it, and it was just really good to have that kind of moment in there for, uh, you know, for Dolph, and then also, I mean, again, fucking Sting debuted for WWE, which was crazy. Yes. And Do no one that. at all, no one at all, fucking expected that to happen. <laughs> um, just trying to remember the exact match. There was, no, that was. Uh, <laughs> ah, yes, that was it. <laughs> it was the tag match. Huh? Uh, Miz Dow versus Goldust and Stardust uh, versus the Usos versus Los Matadores. <laughs> it's ah. incredibly stupid, but it's kind of fun to watch. Yeah. God, I, I'm the I'm the only person who kind of likes Stardust, am I? Aren't I? I'm the only guy. It's me on my own. I will admit, I uh, liked it because Cody put 110% behind it. Yeah. I know he hates um, it, but I'm sorry, Cody. I loved it. I loved it so much. Uh, then also, just brief, I did also quite like 2017. Just for, I mean, just for the, the makeup of the uh, actual Survivor Series match. Again, even though it wasn't really the greatest <laughs> match ever. <laughs> But I mean, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Kurt Angle, Samoa Joe, and Triple H. Well, Triple H had to be there. Yeah. Uh, versus Bobby Roode, John Cena, Randy Orton, Shane McMahon, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Do you remember a time when Bobby Roode was a massive deal to the point where he was in the main event of t- and in Team SmackDown? Yeah. Yeah. God, I it's love a shame Bobby. that he's fucking disappeared now. Yeah, man. God, Bobby Roode's so great. <laughs> oh, uh, but... that's annoying. <laughs> Glorious! I'd love to see so much. It's so oh, good. I love Every, it so everything, much. Every single thing about him, I loved. I was I I was that guy who loved the mustache. Like I am a hardcore Bobby Roode stan. Just <laughs> give that man everything, everything. Give him a chance, please, 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 please do. Oh uh, no. man. I mean, yes, absolutely do. But I mean, I've got to say for myself, my favorite Survivor Series probably of the last 10 years was probably 2019. Yes. I think this was probably 
the best one they put on in recent history, and I won't lie, it was kind of carried by NXT a bit. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, was it carried by NXT? <laughs> but, like, I mean, just the... There's so many good matches. The Women's Survivor Series match was fucking fantastic. Yep. Uh, the, the NXT Championship match. Yes. Uh, Fiend Daniel Bryan, and some people don't like it. I was I quite liked it. Yeah. Um, um I've got to give a special mention to the the Brock Lesnar Rey Mysterio match because that was fantastic, even though it only went seven minutes. Hey, and man, we all saw that Dominic could actually do a very good six one nine as well. So yeah. Again, <laughs> the only the only thing about this Survivor Series that I am not, I wasn't really a fan of was probably the the weird triple threat tag match that they had yeah yeah uh and then and then um i completely forgot this was the match that had that amazing match of adam cole um versus pete yeah adam Adam cole versus pete dunn for the nxt championship that was an amazing that is an underrated match from last year no that match is fucking amazing the only (laughs) i said the only other real bad thing about this aside from that kind of slightly iffy tag match was the fact that fucking volta got put to shit yes in the men's survivor series match because yes. it, it literally just made him seem pointless when by that point he'd been the uk champion for something like 200 days i didn't like the way they booked volta in that match like they booked volta complete volta got one of the biggest pops yeah and this was hosted in the u.s not even in the uk this or is, europe this is the amway center in chicago where if you get a big pop like that you are a made man like in people WWE. Yeah. People were here for Walter and Keith Lee. <laughs> yeah. Like they were all they were all about them. And like Walter should have absolutely cleared house. <laughs> I would have just but no, to have seen... they just they made it they made it clear they didn't value the UK title. Yeah. I would have just loved to have They seen made it clear that the the UK title was like Yeah. Was like second brand on a on a on a second brand. Yeah. To see, to have seen McIntyre and Volta trade blows and chops, man, that would have been a dream. But yeah, yeah. Reardon, Angie, <laughs> Reardon. Before I get more upset, some of your favourite Survivor Series and Survivor Series matches in the past ten years. Okay, let me think now. God damn this paper. Even though I was gonna say, even though it's not your most favourite. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, hang on, hang on. I gotta think on this. It's really tough because, again, yeah, I don't, I don't think about. Oh God! Jesus Christ, man! Dad's been possessed by the ghost of 2014. <laughs> Evidently so. Evidently so. You know what? I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go just for thinking off the top of my head. I liked Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. I did. I did like Rock Lesnar versus Goldberg. That was a thing. You know what? I think actually, Brock... actually, you know what? The Brock Lesnar like stuff during Survivor Series was pretty good. I must say. You know what? I'll go. I'll have you on that because I don't think real talk. I don't think anyone would have expected that match to go on for less than ninety seconds. So I think the pure yeah. shock value of that really. Mm really kind of ups it 
for being a, a very memorable match. All right, granted, you know, Goldberg, you know, after that, sh maybe should have kind of called it, you know, called yeah. it a day after the WrestleMania match he had with Brock, the rematch. Yeah, yeah Goldberg going up Goldberg. <laughs> but that match was great. Like, I'm just thinking of some of the other matches that are on that card as well. Like, um... Uh, the, I think it was the uh, the women's match, the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown. Would that have yep. been the one yes. where Becky turned on Charlotte? I awesome. think uh, that would have no. been a year later. That would have been the year later, because in this one they were on opposite teams. That's the one. The team ah, the one I do remember was the the uh, <laughs> the five on five. Uh, uh, elimination match with Team SmackDown versus Team Raw. This was the one, of course, this was the time where James Ellsworth was deep in his rivalry with AJ Styles. Yes. <laughs> yeah, also, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at some of the stats from that Survivor Series. No, you said no one expected that match to go 90 seconds. I would like to inform you that match didn't actually go 90 seconds. Oh, when did it, how long it went did it 80, go? it went 86. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn. Damn. <laughs> it was over in a, it, the Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar done in one minute twenty six seconds. Amazing. <laughs> wow. Just wow. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Um, I forgot though that one had that that one same one had um Brian Kendrick versus Kalisto for the cruiserweight title. Oh, so it did. So it did. Holy shit! I forgot about that. Yeah. Now. Same. Ridden, is there any more that come to mind in terms of matches or... Again, I'm sorry. For some reason... You know what I think it is, thinking about it and thinking about how I am, like, <laughs> especially this year. <laughs> I think the problem with Survivor Series, for me personally, might just be straight up that it's in the middle of November. <laughs> and... In the middle of November, everyone is tired. Yep. And it's like the Thanksgiving, like the, like just after Thanksgiving or just before, depending on the timing. And I'm just like, for, I think at this point I've all wrestled out, and especially yeah. in the year of our Lord, <laughs> and especially in the year of our Lord 2020, it's like I am done. I Trust am me, I was done. I was wrestled out by like April. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. How, like, and you want, like, I've had to do, deal with this whole damn year, and you want me to pay attention to Survivor Series? <laughs> <laughs> I'm maybe, sorry. Maybe at least for research purposes for one week. Possibly. Even, I, look, that I, was how I, I felt. That was how I felt when Payback came around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, you want me to care about this? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, bro. I'm good, bro. Uh, I'm good. Uh, see, but, I, had, I had to bear with talking about survivor series for one week and researching it rude and so i know you i know your pain basically mm. Mm. <laughs> so you you know what i'm about you know what I'm about. i know i know i'm gonna get so much heat from our lovely listeners i'm gonna get they're gonna be like they're gonna call me fake fan and my answer to that is i am a fake fan yes do, do something <laughs> about it do something about it you can do nothing <laughs> Oh. Except, um, except, um, support us at the Sweet Chin Wear podcast. Yeah, please, this. please tweet us. Even please. if you say, even if it's, even if it's distaste, please tweet us. Mm -hmm. 
so which kind of leaves us, I guess, with our final thoughts and feelings, I guess, with Survivor Series. I guess, you know, we can we can reminisce a little bit about 2020, you know, about uh, the most recent yeah. Survivor Series a little bit. Of course, this whole, I think, with the brand thing now, I think it has played its course, especially in this year when it has not mattered yeah. whatsoever. Um, Again, we, we've officially made it. We've made it canon. That is now called the bland split. <laughs> yes, yep. that is true. <clears throat> yeah, great main event though. Great main event with McIntyre and Reigns putting on a, a heck of a match there. It was good. Oh, it was yeah. good to see what they would do with a situation where like neither one could really lose. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. We had the gobbledygooker return to become the twenty four seven champion. Uh, fun Let's. Fact, Go! Fun fact, that was Drew Gulak under the costume. Oof. Okay, I don't, I don't like that as much now. <laughs> uh, we had the New Day coming out in their Gears of uh, Gears of War armor, which to promote Yo, them as DLC in the game. Fucking slap. I mean, I mean, like, I mean, I. I, I don't like DLC. Yeah, but and to I'm be like, fair, those outfits were amazing. I'm like, I'm like, never have I been more happy to see such blatant advertising especially with the <laughs> chainsaw lancer as uh, as the trombone uh um, it was great that's inspired that is inspired as heck and of course i guess maybe a nice little a nice little bookend very nice little bookend for this one because we talked about it in depth of undertaker's debut undertaker officially retired at the 30th and his 30th anniversary at Survivor Series. Sure, Jack. It's the poetic conclusion. It's it's a weird one in the sense of the people that were there to see him off. <laughs> I mean, that's it. So that's its own thing. <laughs> I mean, we had the Bow Street crew, which I mean, I'm glad to see uh, the Godfather, the Godwins, and Savio Vega. Yeah, we had Vega the Godfather. <laughs> Savio Vega in a ring for the first time in yes, years. Yes, Savio Vega, Los Boricas. <laughs> but all right, um. Uh, Shane McMahon, okay, Big Show, the snake, yeah. the snakeskin tie and the bloody boots promo, I guess. Uh, JBL, uh, Jeff, yeah. Har Jeff Hardy. Yeah, okay, again, I can understand that. I can understand for that uh, ladder match. Uh, Mick Foley definitely can understand. Oh, of course. Mm. The man got put through fucking hell by the Undertaker. <laughs> he, he probably just—he's just look. He probably was there just to say, "Are you sure you're tired? Because I ain't going through another damn table from the from the from the cage, you son of a bitch!" <laughs> like uh, uh, Rikishi. Apparently, he did okay. That one's a that that one's a little harder to justify, but I believe they did have a match at some point. Uh, the I think it might have been the 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 Armageddon Hell in a Cell match when they had six people. Yeah, and he and uh, he he choke slammed him into a bale of hay. Kevin Nash. Lamal. Uh, Booker T. Did... <laughs> Booker T. Yeah, Booker T was an odd one, but to be fair, I think Booker T. They were just like, all right, he's on the broadcast team, so we'll just put him out there. He's a legend, right? Yeah, he's I'm like, 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 not, yeah, like, not, not that I am. You, you guys all know my my love of Booker T is well established at this point. But that is. is a weird one. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Wait. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. That makes complete sense. Ric Flair. <laughs> also, again, makes sense. Yeah. Triple H. Makes sense. And, and I would. 
Triple H would insert himself there even if he had nothing to do with The Undertaker. True. But t- Kane was there, right? Kane was yeah. there. And Kane the turned up appearance. in full gimmick. <laughs> he was in full gimmick while everyone else was in like suits. <laughs> full gimmick, which is hilarious. It's the funniest one out of the lot of them. It was fucking poetic. I loved it. <laughs> and of had, course... the, had the look of when it's fucking when someone tells you to turn up for a party with a fancy dress, and it's actually a fancy dress party. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then stood Vince in the ring, giving his, his gratitude, you know, the heart. Ah! <laughs> The ah. Ted Bell salute, followed by Taker, still trying to recover from his appearance in Hot Ones, uh, saying that my time has come to let the Undertaker rest in peace. And a nice fitting way to end with a hologram of Paul Bearer. In Dude, the that ring. was great. I loved that. Yeah. That was that was a that was a really good moment. And you know that is a justifiable excuse to have a hologram in the ring, not for weird oh, logos, yeah. not for weird logos and match graphics to appear above the ring, Vince. <laughs> Ke- yeah. No, I should say Kevin Dunn. <laughs> okay, but we need more lasers. Medium setting. <laughs> <laughs> and thus concludes our episode all about Survivor Series. Thoughts and feelings on this one? <laughs> you ain't convinced me, I'm sorry. Nah, you didn't. <laughs> Fair enough. I thought I wasn't going to about minute five of the podcast. <laughs> Again... It, it it just shows how much of a mixed bag Survivor Series is. Because the funny thing is, is that obviously we never got around to mentioning, was it 93 or 95? Yeah, I was going to say. I, but I to be fair, they are often regarded as two of the worst versions of Survivor Series. So maybe, maybe to be fair, do we want to let people know about our proposed new segment? Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> propose new propose new segment. We'll do pay-per-view reviews. Yeah. <laughs> we'll watch through a show and go through it match by match. We're not trying to step on the toes of OSW, by the way. That's that's far from what we're doing. Or but... Brian Zane or any of the other great content creators that do this exact same thing. If anything, <laughs> if, if anything we're just inspired by them to then have our own, to kind of have our own take and our own opinions. If you're so inclined to listen to our own opinions on this sort of thing. Personally, I refuse to lick any of their boots. We're coming for you guys. <laughs> Let us know if you want us to do it. Tweet us if you want us to do it. Yeah, 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 fine. You uh, can tweet us. Tweet us. We won't tweet you. You can also use Instagram if you want to get to us, if absolutely. you prefer to use Instagram. That's true. Slide, make sure to slide into Dan's DMs on the Sweet Chinwag Instagram. <laughs> 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 time out please time out time out this is this is no wrestling twitter after dark or anything all right oh, we keep this pg no we don't no we don't <laughs> and we would never will. instagram pg i mean we do even have... though i'm pretty sure i've already sworn on there because of a clip from the stream i was gonna say at least we do still have, we, do have, we do have an expletive warning for every podcast dad so that got your so that thing kind of throws your argument out the window there. <laughs> Anyhow. I try and stay PG, okay? We all, we, let's be honest, we all try to, and then it fails dramatically. Yeah, yeah it fails because I'm here and I immediately swear. Literally, literally my dad actually complained that every day he keeps hearing me swear on the podcast and I can't stop. Same. So, anyhow, before we have an existential crisis on swearing, Dan, would you like to tell us what our next episode is going to be about? 
Next week's episode is celebrities in wrestling. Oh, this is gonna be Sweet Chinwag goes to Hollywood, baby. Oh, baby, this is going to be fascinating. You know, this going to be utterly fascinating. You know what's great about this is I've been watching The Last Dance again recently, so I get to talk about Dennis Rodman. <laughs> We're all going to be talking about Dennis Rodman in WCW. <laughs> Oh, also, we'll talk about his appearance uh, when he faced off against uh, Kurt Hennig and Scott Steiner in Australia, um, as well as Carl Malone and how he could do a very good diamond cutter. <laughs> but not just that, because I'm, of course I'm omitting, of course, the one true celebrity and the only celebrity to win a world championship in professional wrestling. <laughs> but we'll get to him soon enough and we'll get to him on the next episode it's oh. actually going to be me doing a week, uh, an episode review of every episode of Hulk Hogan's champion celebrity wrestling Oh, I, li- I literally I thought you were that. about to- I literally thought that you were about to say that you are going to turn this into like an NBA podcast now <laughs> no as, as much as I love the NBA if I tried to do a podcast on it I'd get laughed at yes same <laughs> Okay. I mean, but we're doing a wrestling podcast and we're still getting laughed at. So, I mean, what does that tell you about? about um, that's no, I'm just being laughed at because it's just me. Anyway, uh, all that's left for me to say before I uh, cry is that I've been Sam, <laughs> this has been Reardon and Dan, and you have been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We will see you as ever on the next one. Bye. Bye bye. I'm a survivor!